0: This is Patriot's Playbook. The legend.
1: a Legend, Yeah, uh, we done went over this before. I'll we'll tell you again. If
0: you're you know, on the highway somewhere in uh, uh, North Carolina, you need to get the hell out of your way. I think we all understand that, right?
1: Exactly, because I'll run you over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I try to be smarter. That's all. I want to be smart. <laughs> I'm smart! That's all they're doing. They're pantsing All we want to do here, look, every once in a while, I'll pants you. Sure, what the hell. We're all going to have fun. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, what the hell, I'll pants myself just don't look what's gonna happen to poor Mac he's got all these voices coming after him and he's just not gonna have any idea what to do and I'm just like shut up now here's your host of Patriots playbook John Rook really just shut up. <laughs> Take my own advice. <laughs> We're wanting to change. Hey, welcome in. It's a Patriots Playbook for June of 2022, our monthly edition of Patriots Playbook. We're here once a month again through the off season, and then when the regular season rolls around, uh, once every other month. No, we'll be here once a week during the regular season. We got some actual things to, to talk about, not just yet because nothing's been finalized. But we actually have some fairly exciting news on the agenda for the fall programming schedule, don't we, Marine? I mean, uh, it's, it sounds like we could have some pretty good stuff on the agenda. So, but but we can't tell anything because it's all in a state of flux right now. And you know what you know flux means, as in you know the flux capacitor. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of up in the air. So, but it's it sounds pretty cool. There there've been some let's put it this way there've been some high level meetings being held, and much discussion has taken place, and pretty cool. We're thinking about it. So uh, hopefully a good, large size Mother May I step forward for Patriots.com radio this fall, which is pretty exciting. So anyway, um, this, as, as everybody knows, is absolutely the
2: slowest
0: time of the year. This is the dead period. We've been in the dead period since OTAs ended earlier this month. We'll stay in the dead period until July 27th when the Patriots actually have their first practice uh, here at Gillette. And I'm at Gillette Stadium in our studios and, you know, field's right outside the door here. Um, we're, I, we got nothing. There's nothing going on. Everybody's on vacation. And, you know, look, let me say this before we get started here because it's going to be a fun show today. Um, you need downtime. And I think everybody realizes you need downtime, and I realize that we we all love football to the point where we want to talk it, we want to discuss it, we want to write about it, we want to broadcast it, you know we want to play it, whatever as much as we humanly possibly can. however, however, let me suggest to you that a little good time little downtime is also a little good time because if the players need to rest and recharge, I think Media members do. I think fans do. And part of my recharge is you know, going to the monthly thing during the offseason anyway. Not an excuse. I would sit here and I would talk with you every day if I had the wherewithal to do that because I'm happy to visit with you and friends like we're going to have on the show today. But I also think it's good that we all take a big cleansing <sighs> before we get started. And so that really is kind of what today is. Today is sort of a cleansing breath. I, we're going to revisit some of the things that we've been talking about recently, but at the same time, we're also going to look ahead. And we have breaking news. I, I, do you have breaking news, Sounder? I think you do. He's got to find it first. Got to spell it right. Spell it, yeah. Beaking news. News breaks. We break it. Right. Well, it was actually broken by Patriots.com earlier today, but you probably saw it. This is breaking news. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Play that one again. That's a good one. This is breaking news. Yeah, I like it. It is breaking news. Um, Pat Patriots back. The red uniforms are back. The throwbacks are back. Now, we don't know when specifically they're going to be worn, but we knew that this was coming. It's just that the team made an announcement on social media today that um, what so many people now believe to be the best uniform in the National Football League is actually going to make a comeback on the playing field this year because the helmet communication rule has been adjusted to where you know uh, you can have a different color helmet than the normal one. And we all know that, you know, hey, before they were able to solve this problem, then they changed the rules because they didn't want more than one or two people wearing the, the the microphone. They thought it was an advantage for other people and other teams. So they left it to one color helmet. Of course, the Patriots could never use their throwbacks because the throwback Pat Patriot is a white helmet and they've been wearing silver now for more than 20 years. So that rule was waived. The whites are back. The original Pat Patriot is back. The red jerseys are back I wonder if this also means potentially potentially one of the games they would play would be the white jerseys with the red pants I'd like to see them in all red I think that would be actually kind of cool you know, with the white and the blue stripes on it, I, I don't know that that would ever happen. Maybe that would be the the throwback version of Color Rush, because I I don't like the Color Rush uniforms. They look like a bunch of floating blueberries out on the field, and I don't like that too much. I just you know, I, I've never really liked the all blues, but maybe they could do the all reds. Maybe they can do the All-Reds. Well, I'm sure I've got somebody that can speak out to that. So uh, today's program, uh, we do this a couple of times a year. We like to do this, I think, during the bye week usually. It's a good time to do it because we can kind of catch up and catch temperatures and and give different thoughts and and opinions in here. And we're going to do it today as well because, you know, during the slower time of the year where there's not a whole lot going on other than the, you know, Pat Patriot return today, Um, I, I like to share opinions more so than dictate you may think that I like to give my opinion. I'll I'll give it if you really want it. But I like to hear what your opinions are and then I'll react to that based on whatever, you know, level of, you know, knowledge that I may have, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, you know. I, I think it's it's okay to have a take. I don't think you have to have a take about everything that we talk about. But if you want to have it, you can certainly have it. This is a good day to show it. And so those that are what I would call frequent listeners and even phone callers to this show are going to be the co-hosts today to Patriots Playbook. So I want to welcome in uh, our good friend, Classy Claire, uh, you know Claire Cooper from, uh, from the U.K., who has her own podcast now. We've made her so famous, and she's become so famous on her own, she's got her own podcast you know, in, uh, in, in social media these days. Claire is here. Sean from Vancouver, who is a frequent contributor to the program, and so is Todd from North Carolina, who used to be from Canada, but now he's in North Carolina. And so Sean and Todd and Claire will lead it off. We expect to be joined by some, uh, by, and, and we're not sure when exactly, maybe when he gets off the road. Eldred in North Carolina is going to join us at some point. And we also had Patty in Agawong, who said he was going to join, right? Patty's going to join at some point in time. So this is going to be sort of an open table uh, or an open roundtable discussion. I've got five big topics to pose to each of our contestants, <laughs> like it's a game show, each of our participants today. But here's the thing. If you're, if you're not already on the program today, you can still join as a participant. Okay? We're leaving this open-ended, and anybody who wants to join, you're free to come in, you're free to leave whenever you need if you're you know, bound by time constraints or whatever it may be today, but that's the idea behind this show is to truly have a two-hour open forum on where we are as New England Patriots today, which is June 22nd. Now, by the next time we have a show, if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, training camp's opening up. Because I think our next show is the first day of training camp on July 27th. It actually will be the first day of training camp will be our next Patriots playbook. So, you're listening to this and wondering what's going on. This is what's going on now, but then July 27th rolls around and we'll be ready to, you know, pop the pads and get on and talk about actually having a football team this year. So, uh, Claire, Todd, and Sean are here to join us. Patty and Eldred will join us when they can. And the phone lines are open to you to join us as well. It's 855-PATS-500, toll-free, 855-PATS-500. Uh, you can certainly uh, send an email if you have a question of any of our guest hosts today, Web radio at patriots.com. If you want to go uh, the uh, the social media route, uh, the easiest way to do it is hit my Twitter, at JRBroadcaster, because I've got it open, or you can post on my Facebook page at john.rook. Post the question. In fact, I already have one here that's for Eldred. Sorry, guys. It's for Eldred. They want to already know what Eldred thinks about something. So I'm going to wait for Eldred to come onto the show, and when he does, we'll ask the question, then I'll let everybody else answer it, out of due respect for our good friend, Eldred. So uh, Claire, Todd, and Sean, how are you guys doing? Welcome. Thank you for doing it.
3: Hey, good to be here.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm happy. We can hear you. (laughs) Gotcha.
4: Gotcha. Todd, what's going on, man? I am really... Excited about this year because it's one of those years where it's a transition, and I think that either, you know, we're going to see some progress in some areas and some progress in other areas, or we're going to see it come together and it'll be really good. I I'm ready for either one, and I I just want to see progress. I want to see the team make progress.
0: You know, I mentioned this last month, and I think you're 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 spot on. Uh, In last month's show, I said, look to me, anything short of a playoff victory this year is I'll go Eric Scalavino here. It's a failure. Anything short of that, I think, is a failure because, you know, they made the playoffs last year. I think they need to win in the playoffs this year. Now, that doesn't mean they need to win the AFC East, but I would tell you that, you know, if you're going to take a step forward, step forward, step forward, I think that certainly has to be in the
5: equation. Do you not?
0: I I don't agree. Okay, go. Tell me why.
5: Well, I'm all about progress, too, but it's a long-run thing. I'm looking to see what Mac Jones will do and where these weapons are going to go. Uh, you know, they won 10 games last last year, but, you know, uh, as Paul would say, everything always works out for the Patriots. They faced some teams <laughs> yeah. that were hurting. They t- faced some teams that were less than adequate. So, as long as we can see that this team is, is moving forward, making progress for the future, like things are going to look good for maybe two years down the road where they can actually be a contender, then I'm happy. I, I don't expect them to necessarily make the playoffs. I'm, you know, I'm expecting anywhere between seven and ten wins. But In terms of winning this year, that's not what it's about for me.
0: Sean, you, you are, uh, I think, the exception to the average Patriots fan.
5: I'm the exception to everybody. Uh, well, no Todd,
0: Todd, is, me. Todd is shaking his head no. I, I, I believe that. I think the average Patriots fan that lives here, no, Todd, that's part of the reason why you guys are here, because you're, you're thoughtful, you, you research it, you take the time. You, Claire, Sean, and, and everybody who's here, and most everybody that listens to this show, I give them a lot of credit. I talk about you guys all the time on the shows. If you listen to the program at all, you know I give you guys a ton of credit because you're smart, intelligent football fans. But I think mainstream football fans, especially in New England, wants results. I mean for instance, I'll go off topic here for a second, but like what just happened with the Celtics. Okay? When you consider where the Celtics were in January, they were terrible and they were below five hundred. And they end up in the NBA finals, when you look at the big picture, how can you not do anything but congratulate them? And yet most of most of Greater Boston, New England's kinda like, Oh my God,
4: they blew it But you're it's- right, that's just Boston. You're you can't lump all of us because there are a ton of Pat fans outside of Boston. Your Boston area, you guys are a little... But, but dude, that's who we are. I mean, the, I mean, the Patri- you know, Patriots
0: come from Boston. They are Boston. Now, you guys have a little different perspective, All each of you living outside the area. You know, you're in North Carolina. Claire's in the U.K. Sean's in, good Lord, the other side of the earth in Vancouver. So, I mean, I mean let's, let's face it. You guys don't get the daily stuff. And, and that's really uh, – stuff is really S-H-I-T with, you know, uh, spell, you know, without yeah. – put it together. But you guys don't get the, the daily stuff every day that we get. I
4: listen to W-E-E-I every day. So
0: I'm, so, I'm, I'm every sorry. Day. I'm sorry you do that. I
4: you read your column there too, John, which is why I go in the first place.
0: Thank you. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's – but I just – it's a different mindset, and I really believe it is. It mm-hmm. is. Um, it's the it's the curse of the Red Sox. It's the curse of the Bambino that has lived ever since 1918. Because for 86 years, this is a byproduct of of what happened for that 86 year drought until the Red Sox finally won in, in in 2004, and then now we don't have anything to bitch about because the Red Sox won. And because during that time the Patriots were winning. They were in the, the first, you know, years of their, you know, dynastic run. And then, you know, hey, let's throw the Celtics in there in oh eight. And the Bruins finally got off the you know, the fifty year Schneid or whatever it was, thirty year Schneid in uh forty uh, year Schneid, uh, was that right? Yeah. Forty years in two thousand eleven. Yeah. So Vancouver. we don't have anything to be mad about. And so we overreact to everything that happens negatively, whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Patriots, whatever it may be, we overreact because we think bitching about things is our birthright.
5: But the thing is, we're not going to be, dis- I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not going to be not disappointed. I'm going to be disappointed when the Patriots lose, of course, and especially like if they were going to go all the way to the Super Bowl and they lose the Super Bowl, I'm going to be Really disappointed that they didn't win it all. However, my expectations aren't there this year. And overall, I want them to win champions down the road. Overall, I want to see in your studio, even though no one will ever replace Tom Brady. I want to see that you know that um, big uh, poster um, fathead behind you of Tom Brady right. taken down, and and maybe Matt Jones will be uh, the next one well, to replace if, him. If if Mac does a
0: fathead, they got to pay him. You know to do that though. You know that right? Yeah. You know, things don't get done for free these days. You know that, right?
5: of course i i gotta cut myself
0: an nil deal everybody else in college is doing it these days gotta cut myself some nil i don't know you know what the hell's going on here so i mean um claire todd let me let me let's get your thoughts on this as well because in all honesty you know we have to be angry at something what's a realistic expectation here and this isn't even the start of my five questions today but i'd certainly you know like to hear what your thoughts are and does it need to be it like i think uh, a step into the uh, the victory column in the postseason.
3: You'd say so from a fan perspective, because obviously they got that there that last year with Mac Jones in his first rookie season. So you'd argue that he's a second year quarterback now. He's got weapons around him, inverted commas, everybody who can't see, that kind of thing. You've got people like Johnny Smith in their second year, so they're supposedly making a jump. You've got Aguilar on his second year. You've got Bourne who who performed, who's, who's in his second year. So really, realistically, when you look at what the Patriots have got and what they've added, then you you can't really say why well, you wouldn't at least expect them to get where they were last year and at least mm-hmm. improve on it a little bit, even if it's just like one more win, one more success, just that one single step because you'd imagine that you can't really, why would they stay, take a step backwards now when they have technically improved and added, or so we think but yeah, it, it, it's, it all comes to September and what happens then
4: Gotcha Todd, what do you think? I, I agree with Claire I do feel that I don't think it's a step backwards. I think it's a a step in a new direction. And I think if you take a look, you will find that our D line hasn't changed. And while Mm. Barmore was off, you know, lights out last year, I don't like the core of our D line at all. I'm, I'm with the other guys over at the Pooh place saying that, you know, we should have drafted a big body to be in there. And, uh, our linebackers are all new. Like that's what I mean by taking a step sideways. I think we're going to go away from the thumping. I really do. I don't think
3: mm. you're going
4: to watch a Bentley as we did. I think we need the speed. I you take a look at our division. Oh dear Lord, God, I'm a, I'm really associating with the team. Our division. Yeah. I air quoted that. And uh, yeah, the the speed that the speed that got in this division right now, dear Lord, you cannot have a thumper. I, I you need side to side range. Yep. And I see. I don't see us improving on last year if we make it to last year i'll be happy but yeah i know john you got to deal with them because you're you're up in the boston way and they're going to come raise your cranberry patch probably. But that's my take
0: on it. <laughs> no, I think that's You know, I can understand why anybody would would look at it that way. Uh, I get it. I uh, I like the, the you know, and to your point on the the you know, needing to have side to side speed. I think it's part of the reason why you see a guy like Dante Hightower still unsigned, and I, he may be done. I mean, I don't know that he has a whole lot of incentive to come back unless somebody needs him. But that's part of the reason why I think because he has become a relic. Almost in not only today's day and age, but certainly where the Patriots concern, that's not something they need, and they have a younger version of that probably in Juwan Bentley anyway, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think that's that's certainly you know on the table. All right, so let's do this, guys. Um, to begin with, since I added an extra question in there about the the uh, the return of the throwbacks. All right. In all honesty, you know, since we know at some point in time the throwback uniforms are actually going to happen this year, which I think will have everybody excited. The Patriot can sell who's more merchandise, right? Okay. Other than the Patriot red, what's your favorite uniform in the NFL? You got to think about it. I, I know what mine is, and it's a slam dunk. And, and, it, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, perturbed that they've kind of changed some of the Coloration of it over the years slightly. But my favorite, other than the Patriots, has been the traditional dark blue Dallas Cowboy road uniform. By far and away, if you look at if you look at the old time, you know the the nineteen seventies and eighties cowboy throwbacks when they would wear the dark blue and they only wore it maybe twice a year because everybody likes to wear color at home. So the cowboys would wear white on the road and then they they chose white for the home jersey as well. So they wore white more times than they didn't. But their their old style blue with the pure silver, not the sort of silverish blue pants, but the pure silver pants and the and the silver helmet was out. Standing. How about you, Yes, yeah, thank I, you, Jimmy. Thank I, I continue, you. I can see that,
5: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm partial to cyan, so I kind of like the old San well, yeah, when they were in the San Diego Chargers as opposed to uh, now as the L.A. Chargers, but that, that old uh, powder blue, uh, light blue uniforms they had, that was that was kind of nice.
0: Did you like the uh, the Houston Oilers uniforms?
5: Yeah. Because they yeah. were close. Yeah, they Houston were similar. Oilers.
0: That color, that They're actually good. blue was, was uh, Columbia blue. Right. Aren't you amazed that I knew that? Yeah,
5: it's that? not cyan, but it's it's getting close. Yeah, you you know That's your right. colors.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I actually had to – I basically you know lived in camp with the Oilers for two, three years back in the 1980s, so I, I got a lot of Columbia blue. What else, Todd? What do you think? Claire, what's your favorite uniform besides uh, the Patriot red?
3: I can't. I'm just – see, you don't like the color rush blue, and I was pulling a right face because I like the color rush blue. Ugh. I like the blue that they've got this season. I know. I like that blue, though. Um, I like blue. I like the Patriots' colors. I don't it, like anybody else's colors. I lo- like Patriots' colors. It
0: looks. It looks too much like the Denver Broncos. It does. Yeah, it's dark blue, and I just I don't I don't dig it. I just don't
4: dig it. Yeah, I like the Denver. Is the team that I like from the Orange Crush era, where they had that bright orange yeah. contrast, yeah. and they they you could see them flying around the field. That was a great team. Those were great teams. And that, those were great uniforms. That was They were fun to watch.
0: Can I tell you in a, in a sort of a sick, twisted way, I like Seattle's neon green?
3: Yeah. I'm <laughs> with you on that one. I can't believe you agreed with me on that one.
0: <laughs> I thought you guys would say, oh, my God.
3: No, I can <laughs> see it. It's not really my jam. I wouldn't buy a jersey, but I can see it because it's so different yeah. from just the norm.
0: Right. That's exactly why, because it's so different. I, totally, to me, would be – I wonder what Seattle's record is in the Neon Greens, because that would be such a distraction if you're lining up against that. You know, no, it, either, it is. It, you'd yeah. either have to hit the guy across the line with your eyes closed or you'd get pounded <laughs> into the ground because you're laughing your ass off so hard.
5: Well, I see I it all the time up here in the Northwest. That's, uh, there's a lot of Seahawks fans in, in Vancouver. We're only about a three-hour drive. Right, right. So, oh, so do cool. you guys like it? I I don't dislike it, but like I, I guess like Claire, that, that's a better answer. Is really I, I love the Patriots. I, I root against everybody else. So even though I I like the the light blue of the Chargers and the Oilers, um, I'm, I'm never never gonna root for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, in the old AFL, I'm I th- what was that, Todd? I'm
5: sorry.
4: I'm wondering if Sean likes the Lions. That's the CFL He's the Lions.
5: No, no. I grew up in Montreal, so. If I'm going to watch CFL, which I rarely do, I'll watch the Alouettes. Okay. Wow. I don't change allegiance no matter where I go. I lived in LA. I never rooted for any LA teams. Todd, when you were in when you were in Canada, what was your
0: allegiance?
4: I was with the Rough Riders for the CFL because the the Rough Rider fans are take Boston fans but make them a positive outs. Put, that's what they are they're crazy they'll go into it's, games and and fill the stands yeah. team can be one in 13 and they'll all the stands will be full and loud and crazy yeah.
5: saskatchewan right
4: yeah saskatchewan rough riders because they were they were Ottawa
5: as well they they had two they had nine teams two of them were named rough riders
0: that's yeah. what I loved about yeah. the CFL that they had two teams named rough riders out yeah, of, like- out of nine what in the league
5: right the yeah. two team, i mean come on yeah. get get your own nickname damn it no, it's, it's being Canadian because the Ottawa team came in and says, oh, well, we'd like to be Rough Riders, please. And the CFL says, well, we have another team named Rough Riders. And, and then Ottawa's like, well, we'd also like it. Okay, well, maybe we'll do both. We'll just change up the spelling so you're two words. And, and that's the Canadian way. Canadian
0: you know? way, right? Yeah, just back down. To Although worry. I will say this, one team spells Rough Riders all one word. The other team has two yeah. words. Right. That's how they
5: they differentiated. So that's the compromise. That's
0: how they differentiate. Okay. So we got a flag. You got a flag.
5: Well, the Canada when it, initially when in 1967 when uh, for Confederation they wanted a new flag because it used to be the Union Jack. Yeah. You know the British route. Yeah. The, they had to come up with something that would not offend Quebec, who were against the whole Union Jack, and not of- offend Baker and the conservative side because they wanted to keep that red Union Jack. So they, they compromised, and they came up with something nobody liked, which was the maple leaf, and and that became the flag that everyone just accepted, and that's who we are.
0: Okay. All right. Hey, look, you, you didn't realize you're going to get a history lesson here on the show today, did you? <laughs> no. I, I, really,
3: I really didn't. And it's getting late as well. This is very taxing for me. It's getting later <laughs> in the day over here. This is this very is yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> Pretty Pretty <true>. Understood. <laughs> it's already cocktail no, no, time no, for Claire. No, no,
3: like that. It was just like, yeah, information overload kind of thing. Mm,
0: I like it. I like it. Todd, who's your friend? <laughs> is that your son?
4: I take it. Yeah, that's okay. Alexander he's uh, he's into gymnastics and dancing he uh, lets daddy watch football when football's on good to be nice but uh, he's got he's, he's into really a lot of the, the the sports that are that and swimming well that are solo sports he's not a team sport guy
0: teach him kicks money, teach him know? how teach him how to catch a football
4: he can yeah
0: okay nice because then, then he, he can eat then he, that. right, then he can use a lot of that athleticism, you know, and put it to some use, and, and you know, make some coin when he gets older. <laughs> right, all right. So, gang, I got five questions that I'm I'm dying to throw out. I gave this a lot of thought over the last couple of days, and I think this sort of hits the nail on the head, and just about everything that we have really kind of going on right now, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, and I, I will. When we're joined by our other panelists at some point in time in the program, and hopefully they'll still be here, but when we're joined, I may regress backward just to get their thoughts on a couple of these questions. But I want you guys to kind of start off with this and and tell me what you think. So, you know, the, the whole, you know, uh, uniform thing aside, because it was a sort of a breaking news story today, um, the first big question, and I guess this really came about uh, late yesterday more than anything else, is that Rob Gronkowski retired. From pro football, or so we think. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Hey, know what I mean? Um, you know, Gronk is retired. Let's take him at his word right now. <coughs> but um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> See, even even Gronk doesn't even Gronk doesn't believe it. So, um, is he the greatest tight end of all time? Yeah.
5: Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent.
0: You can't think of one other
5: person. Yeah. I that, could think of lots of other great tight ends, but they weren't Gronk. Even you know, Gonzalez was not Gronk. Yeah. Okay. It, it was he just,
3: was he was too much. Sorry, Sean. He was he was yeah, he, he was a great blocker, he was a great pass catcher, he had good hands, he was so physical. He had the, he ticked to all of the boxes and then some.
0: Okay. Well I figured we could ask the you know the tight end ex- expert about that one, you know, for sure, right? Yeah, Todd there. Todd, is he the was, with is he the
4: greatest yeah. of all time? I think he would be if he'd have stayed healthy and on the field. I think his records are going to be broken, unfortunately. And that makes me sad. He's, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. 100%. There's no question about it. I just wish, he, I wish he'd have been healthy because I think that's the problem. His health is good. People are going to question it because of his health. And that's what they're going to say. He- well, he wasn't on the field
3: enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't play the way that he played and remain healthy because he threw his body into the sport, which resulted in injury. So he would, he was never going to be a half in kind of guy. And if he was a half in kind of guy, he wouldn't have maybe got as injured as much. So I think, yeah, you can use that as a sort of a reason to, but you can't actually use it as a legitimate reason that he wouldn't because he's a total Hall of Famer. He should just walk right in completely. I said that. I agree 100%. Yeah.
4: But I'm just going to tell you that the The rest of the league are going to say no because of the some of the some of the lack of stats and stuff, and that's that's just you know that's their that's their take on it. You know, my yeah. take is they should have never put him in to try to block for PATs or field goals or whatever. You know, keep mm-hmm. they should have like Claire said, he was a physical person. Just keep him in it. They should have kept him in his lane. They tried to do mm-hmm. a few things they shouldn't have with him every once in a while. And You'd be like, uh, yeah, no, please don't do that.
5: Okay, I think well, we Grandpa's on- away
3: from, sorry. Right, go ahead that's
5: okay yeah when Broncos on the we field when... sorry oh, Claire you go
3: I think um the thing we need to do football isn't just about numbers yes it's about numbers but it isn't just about numbers it's what you see on the field and we shouldn't judge a guy just about what numbers are written on a piece of paper for him it's about what he brings to the sport how he plays the sport and how he conducts himself within the sport and and I think he's too much of an epitome of a, of a great player to just look at his figures. Sorry, do go on, John.
5: <laughs> no, that's, that's along the lines of what I was going to say. When Gronk was healthy and on the field, the Patriots were unstoppable. You know, even, even the, the Bucks. you know, when he's healthy, they, they win a Super Bowl. So it he is a huge difference maker being on the field, throwing players out of the club. I never seen, you know, Tony Gonzalez do that. Uh, a lot of these great Hall of Fame tight ends were more of like glorified receivers. They weren't blocking and and able to like be uncovered. Uh, like uh, for one of the best Patriots um, tight ends before Ronk, uh, you know, Ben Coates, didn't didn't block as well as Gronk did. So even though he had what 96 receptions one year. All right. So it it was just the whole package. Good. So to me, yeah, there's no question he's the best ever.
0: We are we are now joined by the estimable Eldred in North Carolina who got, who has us on the phone. Eldred, how are we doing? How you doing, Panel? I
1: just I just picked y'all up a few minutes ago. I've been working. Well, some, so I can get off early.
0: Somebody has to work, so we're glad it's you.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not us, yeah. but it's you.
1: Yeah, sometimes I wish I was off with y'all, but that's okay.
0: That's all right. <laughs> that's okay. You didn't really miss much either. We, we've, we've, we've basically talked about two things thus far, and uh, the, the, the one that we're talking about right now is Gronk, the greatest tight end of all time now that we wink, wink, think he's retired.
1: Uh, yes, and Kevin Winslow comes second.
0: Kellen Winslow, a second. All right. Okay. Yes. Let me let me throw out some other names to you guys, just to just to sort of you know play devil's advocate here. Obviously, I I think Sean, you mentioned uh, Tony Gonzalez already, right? Okay. And yeah, I I, I, did, I, yeah, I, yeah. I because you know he's a he's a Hall of Famer. I I think that Tony Gonzalez goes without saying. But I'm gonna throw a couple of other names that you might not have yet considered, and I'll probably go old school on at least one of them. Uh, when you uh, because the tight end really wasn't a formidable weapon until offenses started opening up, um, I believe that John Mackey was one of the greatest tight ends of all time. The former That's Baltimore. Why they got the word, Lord. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. it, well, John Mackey. Yeah, he just passed away not long ago. In fact, um, and I would also tell you that as much as it pains me to say this because of how he's treated the Patriots of the past, I thought Shannon Sharp was a pretty good tight end.
1: Uh, I, no, I don't I like think... his mouth and attitude. Well, okay, that's why I—that's I,
0: why I said that.
1: Yeah but, yeah, but production on the field, yes, yes, Shannon was a playmaker. Yeah, he was.
0: He was, and you can't deny it that. Was. He was rude, nah, crude, right. and socially unacceptable. But Broncos fans loved the guy, and he was pretty effective during his time. Mackey was more of the traditional, you know, blocking tight end that you know caught a rare pass. I would also tell you in that regard. I would also tell you that Mike Ditka was one of the best tight ends of all time.
5: Yeah, yeah Ditka, Ditka was great.
1: Yes.
5: The tight end of the I athleticism that Gronk had, though. Ditka.
0: Well, it's because the game changed. Sean, the the game the game changed when we when we've yeah when when (laughs) we've gone from you know uh, you know uh, John Mackey and Mike Ditka to uh, you know Tony Gonzalez to you know Rob Gronkowski to Antonio Gates you know to Shannon Sharp to you know guys that were more mobile and caught more passes because offense has changed. I think you're actually really talking about almost two different positions. You know? Yeah, so, but
5: everything's changed, but you know, the thing is the changes with people getting faster and bigger, to me every year the NFL gets better. if you were to take Mackey or you're gonna take Dick and put them in their bodies in twenty twenty two, they wouldn't they wouldn't make the team because they're just not big enough. They're not fast enough. Yeah. It's just it's progress. All right. So what do you think, Queen of tight endage? <laughs>
0: Claire,
3: it was all before my time, other than Grunk, really. Yeah, in yeah, But you've not. But to be honest, but to be you're... blatantly honest, there's no point denying it. It was most most of who you guys are talking about was before my time as a Patriots fan, and I've never denied that. And Grunk was the reason I fell in love with football. So my heart is always going to lie there, regardless, and I'm always going to have that echelon of bias towards it because. He was the one that brought
0: me into the sport, and yeah. All right, well, leave it it to me to spoil a a good story here, and I I get that about you, but I know that, you know, because you're so into the position that, you know, Mm -hmm. you probably have at least read up on some of these names that we've talked about, right? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Do yourself a favor and look at some of the blocking tight ends from back in the day, and you tell me, you know – how accurate we are in the, in that one because quite frankly, Mackey and Ditka were, were two that sort of you know stepped away from the mold back in the day. And then as we sort of began to morph into modern day football, you had Tony Gonzalez into the picture, you had Antonio Gates into oh, the picture, you had Shannon Sharp into the picture, and then certainly Rob Gronkowski has, you know, taken it in, you know, the athletic you know, uh, foot speed. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, monster that Gronk was. I think he just sort of redefined the position. So it's easy, I think, to say, yeah, he's the greatest of all time. But consider the way football was played 20, 30, 40 years ago, and, you know, or in Mackey's right. case, hell, 60 years ago, because he was back in the 60s as well, then I think uh, you know it changes a little bit. Um, I had – oh, yeah, so Eldred, uh, what you missed out on before we got here, I wanted to catch up on this. You know that the breaking news is the fact that um, the throwback uniforms are coming back this next year, right? Did you hear that today?
1: The what? No, sir. The, the what uniform?
0: The throwbacks, the Reds. Pat Patriot. Oh, I, oh.
1: Yes, okay. I would love to see them in that one. Right. I don't okay. like that dark blue when they wore last year. I don't like that. See? That blue, blue, I don't like
0: the way they look. See? I, you're, no. You and I are both alike. I think they look like a bunch of dancing blueberries out there on the field. Um. All right. Exactly. Yeah, so Pat Patriot's back. The Reds are back. What's your favorite uniform other than the Patriot's throwback?
1: Other than the Patriot's throwback? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that uh, scar- scarlet and gold, the Forty nanos colors.
0: Traditional, yeah. yeah. Traditional, right. solid. With yeah, helmet. yeah. Yes. With the gold helmet with the red, yeah, kind of pops, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. It did. Okay. Uh, big time. Okay. Yep. Well, we've well, we, we've had. I a... got two questions. Okay, go.
1: Okay, go. Got two questions for you in the panel. Okay. Let's say if the if the Patriots go. 5 and 12, or 6 and 11, or 7 and 10. Yep. What's the two reasons and two positions why we went that way?
0: Two reasons for us to go south, guys. What do you think? Sean, you want to take that one first?
5: Yeah, I'll take that. Well, the biggest reason would be. Mac Jones or maybe the coaching of Mac Jones would would be why they go south. Now, six games, I think, is, is, is even worse than I could possibly imagine. Um, but I also wanted to talk briefly about the um, – they're the bringing back the old uniforms because when I grew up, I was a Patriots fan because of the uniform. When I was a, a, a toddler, my, Patri- my parents got me Patriot pajamas, which were the red and white pajamas, and, and that's how I became a fan.
0: Were they footie so pajamas? I'm
5: really excited about it coming back.
0: Were they footies? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's yeah, a problem. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, <very> <laughs> yeah. All right. Who else? Who else wants to tackle Eldridge's question? Claire.
3: I think. I think it's going to be more to do with the defense, like the fact that the defense, the cornerbacks, maybe not kind of clicking, or the defensive line wow. a little bit, maybe a bit too old, not really pulling it together. I don't really think we're going to have. I, I may be very naive in saying this, but I don't really think. The offense is going to be the issue. I think we might actually end up finding it's a bit more of the defense, and defense wins you championships.
4: (laughs) Yeah, right. Todd, what do you think? I'm shocked. I think it'll probably be due to injuries. Is my biggest thing. I think if uh, there's some key people, if Barmore gets hurt, Judon, Mac Jones, you know, we lose one of these positional players that we just don't have a replacement for. You, we're in trouble. And I think one or two injuries, and it yeah, we're going to be 5 and 12 because we don't have the replacements for it. You know, the depth is in running back. I think we have a little bit of depth in receiver. You know, we don't have a tier one receiver. You know, we don't have our go-to guy, but we've got a bunch of twos and threes and 2.5s. So that's cover. So running back, receiver, cover. We can get some injuries, but O-line, quarterback, linebacker, D-line. Just There's just – you know you lose one guy db especially i don't know who's playing where with the dbs you lose somebody there and i think and we're in trouble injuries that's that's what will be the killer for this year
0: okay i kind of share that thought if, if the Patriots go south, I think it'll largely be due to injuries. And you're right; um, it, it's all about depth. And the Patriots didn't have great depth last year, and they still managed to win 10 games. But I think we all know that you know the team who you know usually is the best at the end is the one who has the most healthy bodies. It usually turns out that way every year. And now that you got 17 games that count in the standings. Um, it, it's it's going to continue to be that way for, for the foreseeable future. So amongst anything, depth is one thing, but you've got to find quality depth. And this was what really puts the pressure on your scouts and your coaches to identify guys who can come in, and when you do have an injury, you plug and play. That's my favorite phrase, by the way, in the NFL is plug pu- and play because that's what you want to draft, that's what you want to play, that's what you want to put in, guys that you just plug in and they play. And you don't have to worry about anything else. So that, that's kind of really what you're looking for, plug and play. All right, what, what else you got, Eldred? Well, I'm shocked everybody
1: with defense and that. I mean, I'm surprised nobody said, well, we got rid of the office coordinator and you got two head coaches that never coached that position or called plays on offense. You know, or, or get Mac into the situation that's winning. That's what shocked me for most of all.
0: So you think that's so com- I figured, you think that's a problem? That's
1: gonna be the key. That's going a big problem. Okay. Because you didn't get the offense coordinator. You got two guys with a special team in defense. They might know the system but they don't I don't think they know the system from the opposite side of the ball. Maybe from practices against it, but they wasn't calling the play. Charlie Weiss or okay or, or, or Bill Bill or, or McDaniel was calling the plays against that defense well I, I un- so that's what I'm looking
0: at. I understand your your, uh, your your concern but I would tell you that I don't think you get to be you know a head coach in the NFL and you can laugh all you want about whether or not he was any good or not but I don't think you get mm-hmm. to be at the stature of a guy like Matt Patricia where he actually got to be a head coach in the NFL without knowing something about running an offense. Okay, it's not like he's completely—he's really not stupid on the offensive side. Maybe he has uh, identified defense most of his career, but you know this is also part of the reason. I mentioned this in last month's show. I think it's part of the reason why you have both him and Joe Judge on the staff because look, they're they're head coach reclamation projects, and look what Bill did for Josh McDaniels after he failed in Denver. You don't think Josh McDaniels, you know, reclaimed his? You know, uh, status. His status. Yes, yes. But he Josh did. Daniel was offensive
1: coordinator, though.
0: Okay, well. Daniel was offensive coordinator, though. All right, but he's going to a yeah, but he's going to a team, and and you know, uh, you can't literally outscore people. You have to be able to stop people too.
1: Stop them too. Yep. So yep. all I'm saying that's is. That's my only worry. That's my only. Okay.
0: Okay, well, it's I don't think no, I don't think it's an unfounded worry, Eldred. I really don't. I, mm-hmm. But I would tell you that I I also think that a lot of it is overrated because I think football yeah. players football yeah. football players play football, football coaches coach football. They know okay. the basics. Okay, and as long as you got one guy, and this was a big problem a couple of months ago, right? When people were thinking, "Oh my God, Mac's going to have all these different ears, you know, all these different voices talking in his head," and I'm like, "That is so much bull." <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, first of all, the one voice that Mac needs to listen to is his own. Because you have to have instinct to be an effective quarterback. So if he's got his own instinct and he's got Matt Patricia as the one voice guiding him, okay, hey, what do you think about that? What can we do better to improve the next time? Not necessarily telling him what to do, but guiding his thought process. That's really what Matt Jones needs. And I think Matt Patricia can do that. Now, again, I'm not trying to blow smoke up his skirt, okay? I'm not trying to do that. What I'm saying is, is that, the concern level over, oh my God, we don't have an offensive coordinator. We suck. Well, I don't. I think it's overblown. Number one and number two. If it doesn't work, the offensive coordinator next year is currently working in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh,
1: you see a guy that you see think Bill, uh, Bill gonna come back? Uh, I do. You know. I think he's gonna end up back okay. here.
0: I do. I think he's coming okay. back here. Yeah, I do just a thought right. but I about th- you know he may come back you know whether Matt Patricia does well or not I, I have no idea but I, I I think he's destined to come back here and I believe that the reason he's not back already is because of the close relationship between between uh, the two coaches that's why
5: yeah no I John I agree with you as well I, I think it's it's a over, it's overblown a bit and I also think you know the best head coach well the best coordinators become head coaches and it usually doesn't work out and no one's talking about Miami and Mike McDaniel like this guy hasn't proven anything as a head coach we don't know what he's going to do but everyone thinks that they're going to do better than the Patriots based on their players maybe but uh, you know and in terms of coaching I'm going to go with Belichick that's that's who I'm going to lean towards without having any other knowledge
0: Okay. Uh, hey, Eldred. Uh, I have a, uh, yep. a I have a listener who uh, sent me a question for you, and then I'm going to let our other panelists here uh, have their thoughts on it. But he sent me and it sent it into me via Facebook. Bill says okay. I want I want to know what Eldred thinks about the prospects of this year's secondary. Are we supposed to consider Mills a legit outside corner? Can Butler still play? And who the hell else is even going to be on the roster?
1: Uh, <laughs> a butler? I don't know. Uh, I'm 50 of uh, Mills. No, sir. I, I think I think he should have been gone last year because he can't cover. And then, but that's the one you got coming back. I think Bill shot his shot his wife when he when he keep J, uh, J. C Jackson or drafted two cornerbacks. Uh, that was like we could have got on our draft pick either Booth or McCleary, something like that. But far the, the secondary go, no, nah, we're gonna suck this year. Butler might, Butler might be pretty good. I don't know about Matthews. I think Matthews still coming off the an injury. And then, but you ain't got nobody else in the back, you know. Like I, I keep seeing, uh, everybody keeps saying, uh, uh, you got a height thing. You got, you know, a uh, height thing does work, speed double, and so do technique. But you can't have a 5'10", a corner that cannot jump a six, three wide receiver, especially with the quarterback is accurate. And he's fast. And you got slow corners. That, that never works. Even in high school that don't work. So I'm just saying the, the corners – Nope, we should be drafting some or at least try to make a play to get somebody off another team that may have a contract issue or you don't know if they work. Just shoot They're like some like other teams do. I want Tyreek Hill. So I'm going to give you a one and a two for him and go get him because that's better my team. But, see, Bill won't do that. That's my problem I have with it. He won't do it.
0: <laughs> I would love to listen to the conversation. I'd want to be a fly on the wall in the room with Eldred and Bill Belichick.
1: I would love to talk to him too. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Bill, Bill, how come we have a secondary?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might
1: be good with his with his scheme and everything and zone, but we got beat up we got beat up in zone. When we had the man coverage stuff, we was pretty good. But it seemed like when they went zone, like you know, they like the receivers, they know what to stop in the zone. Know what this and that. And if you're too slow to catch them and they quick, you know, you just lost. I'm sure. sorry. And sure. if he turned and beat you to the corner and you ain't got no speed, that's just a touchdown. We right. saw that three or four – no, we saw that more than three or four times last year against good teams.
0: Okay,
1: Against good teams. Okay, you know, And that's my worry. Okay. You know, but other than that, I, I know you can't pay everybody.
0: No, you can't. And that's part of the reason why but, J.C. Jackson is no longer support. here. We yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, you can't pay everybody. But some of them guys, uh, uh, Mr. Legend, you have to pay. Some of them guys you have to go get – you're going to have to pay to keep. For your core, yeah. instead of just getting journeymen and blue blue uh, collar workers who might, you know, you think maybe they can do this and do that. Yeah, sometimes you have to get the athlete. It's just the bottom line. Well, sometimes can you have? To.
0: Can I add that you know, based on I mean, and it's just it's just OTAs, but the the hot commodity, the hot product, the hot name was Jack Jones the the rookie uh, and and yeah, I, uh, a lot of the media really liked his feistiness. They thought he reminded them of a rookie, um, believe it or not, Malcolm Butler. Brother. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that too. So I heard that too. So I, I think so, that'll you. certainly be a guy to watch as camp opens up next month. Well, I'm especially with the pads him. on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They
1: come here to the Panthers right on the 19th of August. Yes. So they come to Carolina. Well, yeah. I'm going to be there. Yes. Yeah. I'm watch that game.
0: Okay. I'm going to be there. Nice. Attaboy. Good. Excellent. All right. I got one more All final right. little question for each of you guys concerning Gronk before I move on to the next topic. Will Gronk stay retired? Yeah. No. I vote no. I vote no too. Okay. I got I think, one.
3: Yeah. I think it's too much. Sorry, Aldrich. I just think-, think he's too done. We don't want him to end up having to be carried out of the game. You want him to be able to walk off with his head held high. The last thing you want from a player like that is to be, is to have to stop.
0: So we have two yeses and three noes. Okay. I, you know, I mean, I hope for his sake he does. But I have a feeling in November, if if Tampa Bay is struggling a little bit, I think Tom Brady places that phone call. and says, Gronk, I need you. I think
1: that
2: know <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I, th- that was actually a, a huge topic of conversation on uh, sports radio around here today. You know, everybody seems to think, and all the callers were unanimous. Oh, all Brady has to do is pick up the phone, and he'll be there. You know, in ten
5: seconds. I expect- I expect the Bucks to be really good. I don't see as much competition in the NFC, so I think they're going to be there anyways. And by the time Tom Brady picks up the phone, it'll be too late. It'll just be a playoff loss okay. to say uh, the Rams or the Packers or somebody. But uh, they're they're going to win that division and uh, they'll be one of the contenders in the NFC.
0: Okay. Question number two, gang out of the out of the five big ones for today it has to do with the draft. Nearly two months later. Grade the 2022 NFL Draft for New England. Can you? Sean's already shaking his head, no way.
5: Well, I, I can grade it, but it's going to be wrong. Because it's way too early to, to try and expect your grades to to matter. This I, I want to look five years from now and, and then absolutely be 100% correct because I'm going to know every player how they've done and, and how it's been. But right now, it's not what I wanted. It's not who I would have picked, but I do see what they're going for. I, I understand they needed to get faster. That's what they were focused on. And that's why you got Air Strong. That's why you got Marcus Jones, and that's why you got uh, the receiver as well. You know, these these were somehow surprises Strong wasn't so much a surprise for me, but most of the picks were. Uh, Strange was definitely a surprise, and I I wanted them to stay where they were in the first round and and pick somebody. Everyone was saying can help them uh, if they took a corner that could actually um, start right away. I think that, what we saw. Wasn't what I,
0: I think what we saw, Sean, and and the Patriots certainly kind of you know led the way here, but I think we saw this from several other teams as well. I think this year in the draft we saw teams. Pick guys they really wanted their their and their rating morning. be damned. I think now, that's I, I really that a lot. I think that <laughs> was pretty much it. I mean, I, whether that's good or bad, I don't know yet. But I think that's what a lot of teams did. Todd, what do you think? Can you can you put a grade on the can you put a grade on it yet?
1: I'm
4: gonna give oh. Go ahead. I'm gonna give it a D because they didn't draft for the positions that I thought they really needed. I thought they needed to redo the D line. I think that they should not have re- <laughs> They should not have tampered with the O-line as much as they did. I, I think that there's going to be huge gaps and it's it's going to be a building year. I really wanted to see some linebackers. I wanted to see some more I, I wanted to see some more DBs, linebacker. I want the defense because I think nothing helps out a young team with a young quarterback moving forward in the defense that can keep you going, keep you in a little bit in a game, especially with the way that you take a look at the Teams have improved in the division. Huh? Yeah, I would have loved to see D events. That's my take. Okay, that's why it's a D. Not the players themselves. I'm not. I'm not going to judge the draft as of the players, but for the positions they took and what they did, I, I think it's a D for me.
0: Well, I, I I don't think that's unfair. You know, based on the, the names of the players, but again. Um, I think it's largely a draft that you know guys are like you know look you know one man's you know uh, cantaloupe is another man's squash. I mean it's just it's just different. Claire, what do you think? Thank you, and thank, yeah, you. I mean, and thank like you for Sean laughing said, at that, if if by it, the way, it, Claire. Oh, it's
3: okay. It's that's what I'm here for. I <laughs> know, really. Um, <laughs> like Sean said, it is difficult to judge now without really seeing what these kids have really got kind of thing. And when they drafted, I was up in arms because they didn't pick anybody that I'd researched. They didn't pick anybody that I wanted, that kind of thing. But if you step back out of the emotion, if you drop your emotion and step back, you look at it and they did draft for positions of need. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they needed a guard because they kind of got rid of Shaq Mason, which not everybody was on board with, but, you know, money, cap space, that kind of thing. So they did draft need and they drafted speed as well and you you kind of can't deny that they tick the boxes that we were all sort of wanting them to tick it's just they didn't take those guys that we thought they should take we thought they wanted to take we wanted them to take sorry so i'm giving it um a c plus
0: c plus okay
3: was I mean, maybe a B minus yeah. come back to me in September and I might up that to a B minus because looking at it, it what who they've taken seems like they're going to fit good yes it's early days as as we mentioned but yeah, I'm, quite, I'm feeling quite positive about it. So, yeah, I'm giving it a B minus C plus okay. type grade. Because <laughs> I'm the most indecisive person here, probably.
0: That's uh, nah, all right. That's why we have you. We like that. We like the enthusiasm. <laughs> all right, Eldred. Eldred, <laughs> what do you think about the draft? What what kind of a grade would you have given it?
1: Well, uh, I ain't changing. I ain't changing, Mr. Rook. We talked about this a while back during the draft. Uh, F.
0: We did. F. F. Still F?
1: Because, uh, still F. Because... You look good in shorts. You know, you look good in shorts. You ain't run against nothing. But when you pass on, you'll find out. And it good competition instead of what you got. But what I'm looking at, I, I'm going with what, what uh, I think Todd said. It's the positions that you needed most first, but you didn't get. You know, like you needed corners. Strange you could have gotten third fourth round. I don't care what anybody's saying. you projecting the second, early third. You get, But you got a first pick for him. But you had corners. That's, that's like I said, Booth, uh, you had McClurry, you had uh, that guy that went to Kansas City, and one more one more guy, can't remember his name. they sitting right there. they sitting there. But you yeah, picked the guard. I agree. Everybody said, well, we got fast on receivers. We got Thornton. Okay, Thornton's pretty good for Baylor. But you had the guy from uh, North Oregon State, whatever it is, the one that went to Green Bay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the one I would have took a chance on if they was gone would be the, be the uh, I call Richard Sherman number two. And Seattle got him. Six three okay. wide receiver used to play corner. The so wide receiver then he went to corner. You could have got him at corner, or whatever. And that, that might have been a project, but we see how Richard Sherman came out, and he's smart, you know. But like I said, then you could have got the guards. You need linebackers, or you could have got your linebackers, but the line would have been further down. Running backs, you already got some, unless you ain't planning on keeping Harris, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking at the position the need and feel that you need it. You know, okay, but other than that, I, I can't. You know, w- when they come out, we'll, we'll see what they do. And if Thornton don't start, I know he probably won't start this year because of the, uh, the death ahead of him, but you got he's stuck in round. so he got to be pushing somebody. If you don't push somebody this year and then you got to rely on them next year, that's a big question mark because you got him in
0: the second round, okay? And that's how I look at it, all right, Sean. You wanted to jump back in,
5: yeah. I, I mean. If I have to grade it, if you're forcing me, I'm going to give it a D as well, like like Todd. But uh, the players that I wanted, they didn't pick. They could have if they just stayed where they were. Like um, Elder was saying, they could have taken cornerback Trent McDuffie uh, with the 21st pick. They could have gotten the big defensive tackle we needed at 54 with Travis Jones. You know, maybe an edge like Leo Chanel at 85. Get the guard. Zach Tom at uh, 127. So there are players they could have had at that position, but if I am at my list, none of those players have the speed and athleticism that the Patriots think these new players have. So my point is, let's just wait and see. We don't know. We have no real idea. We just know what what they did in college and and what we're told and how they're graded.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Patty and Agawam has uh, graced us with his presence on the program today. Patty, how goes the battle?
2: Oh, it goes. I'm surprised my camera's holding up staring back at my face, you know? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, that's big. Um, uh, Let's jump in where we were and and get
0: your thoughts on this. If you could assign a grade two months after the draft, what would you grade the Patriots uh, 2022 draft? Draft any thoughts yet
2: I'd, i i'd hate to be a fence sitter but um i know these are kind of arbitrary until we actually see the players play but i'd give it a solid c plus just based on um you know taking cole strange where they took him in the first round i know a lot you know the consensus was he he might have been available like in rounds 2 or 3 possibly i i like the addition of thornton because I mean, that's that's kind of the guy that they've been looking to add for, or that us fans have been clamoring for them to add for the past few years. And um, they needed depth and possibly um, starting guys at cornerback, and they got they got a good depth piece with with Marcus Jones, who can return punts and and possibly give Jonathan Jones some backup depth. And they might have found a uh, diamond in the rough with Jack Jones. I mean, we like I said, a lot of this we're not going to know until we find out and see them play on the field. and Right. Um, right. I mean, they, they kind of, and, and as far as like the two running backs, you know, they like planning ahead on when they can. You know, and they looks to me like they, even though they signed James White and he may not be available for the first maybe month or two of the season, if he starts the, the season on Pup, they, they have strong and and they might have, you know, an answer for if they do end up moving on from Damian Harris with the other Harris.
0: Yep. Okay. I like that. I, I honestly, guys, I, I would tell you. I think I said this uh, last month, but um, I, I'm I'm at about a C minus maybe. And the only reason I'm at a C minus on this is because they didn't select who we thought they would select. And 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 so now what you're doing is all right. How how different is it? Uh, for teams to basically take their guys as opposed to guys that have been rated highly by all the scouting services, so this is going to be a little bit of an indictment, I think, uh, on internal scouting services and whether or not the national guys, guys like you know, uh, you know Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and some of the others, and whether or not the national guys are, are spot on with a lot of their, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of their information behind you know how good these guys can be, a lot of their research. So be interesting to see how it plays off. But in all honesty, you can't grade. Draft for at least two years and probably three years. So I, th- I don't think we'll get an accurate look at 2022 until we get to 2024 or 25. You know. And John, going okay. into
2: the draft, I um, I had thought that they were going to take Zion Johnson with the first pick, regardless. Yep. So yep. I thought I, I had the position right. Yeah, the
0: position right. You're, so did I. Not the right guy. I said. Have... I said before the dra- the day, but the show that we ran before the draft, I said they're looking for plug and play. Okay. Rick Stradamus came to me in a little you know in a little message in the middle of the night and he told for your free Thank you. And and he, uh, he he whispered plug and play. Plug and play. And the the plug the obvious plug and play for the Patriots was on the offensive line. And I knew that they were. I, I just and I, I also, like you, Patty, thought Zion Johnson just because of the local tie, BC, it was the whole. I mean, it made a lot of sense. But the fact that, you know, a guy like Cole Strange has come out of the middle of nowhere, literally from Tennessee, Chattanooga, you know, to, to you know, pop onto the scene and become a late first rounder when some had him, you know, later in the second round or even in the third round, hence all of the, the social media uproar over it in the aftermath of draft, I think it would just surprise everybody. But when you go back and you look and i've been reading up on um you know some of the um some of the nfl guys on the athletic have been going into great depth on this and uh which is one of the reasons why i really like reading athletic and um they've been talking to uh, nfl gms and they don't get gms to go on the record but they do tell you um uh, uh, without being directly quoted that they really like cole strange as a draft pick because he's got great feet uh, the one thing that they're not sure that he can do yet is run block efficiently enough in the NFL, and that was the big question they had about it. But with the right training, because he does seem to have all the physical traits, they feel like you know he could certainly be a serviceable you know ten, twelve year NFL veteran if uh, if the health let, uh, holds out. So I think that's you know but that's char- at least a positive.
5: Well, the ch- charges don't take. Uh, Zion Johnson at seventeen. Maybe the Patriots would have taken him at twenty-one. Uh, that was a lot of people thinking they were going to do. I was kind of like happy that he went because thinking now, oh, they no, maybe they'll take a corner. They might have. No. sure. I could have. I could have seen that. But I think. I, yeah, I also think we all know.
0: I think we all know yeah. that that Bill Belichick loves to trade back to get extra picks. So I, sure. I kind of I kind of felt like look at twenty-one to take an offensive lineman probably not. You know that they were going to try to you know trade down and get somebody, and then of course maybe when Zion Johnson went, maybe it pushed the you know the envelope toward their, toward their guy, which was obviously Cole Strange. All right, so let me add an addendum to that uh, big question too. So where do you feel like the Patriots have improved through the draft? Where do you feel like the Patriots have improved, and where have they regressed? Eldred, you want to take that one first?
1: Regress corner
0: at corner okay yeah corner have they improved anywhere I can't. did did they improve anywhere
1: I'm at running back and i'm looking at the guard and i'm looking at the wide receiver okay mm, it's fifty i'm like
2: i don't know be honest i really don't know
0: okay patty what do you think
2: uh just through the draft i i have you know not sound boring but i got to concur with eldred um and through free agency too, I would say that they definitely upgraded both free agency and trading. Uh, the depth on on the wide receiver uh, position is, I think, is a lot stronger than it was last year. Especially since that turd, Nikhil Harry's probably going to be gone after this year. Or, I mean, before training camp or at some point during training camp.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they've already put out a missing uh, missing person report on Nikhil Harry. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they got his face on the back of the milk carton. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I, I don't know. He's he is truly the great enigma. Not only has you know he not done himself you know you know uh, well by his performance, but you know you'd think a guy that would want to fight for his job would want to be you know participating. And you know, I just I don't think he wants to be a pro football player. That's just my thought.
1: No, that's why I say he was a bust right during the right during the draft. Yeah, I told him that. Yeah, bust right during the draft.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah exactly Claire what do you think? Where where have they improved? Where did they regress?
3: I think they've improved at wide receiver but I don't know if that's all completely through the draft to be honest with you and it's debatable with O-line because obviously they got rid of Shaq Mason so I think it's a bit tricky to say. I wanted to say that maybe they've improved at cornerback but you could say that they improved after they released JC Jackson but before they drafted that they improved from that bit. But if you're kind of counting JC Jackson, then it's not really either. So I think it's a little bit tricky to say at this stage, not to sort of do the whole sitting on the fence, like Paddy said, but, it's hard to say until you really see, but on paper probably improved at wide receiver, but some of that has got to do with the addition of Parker, which is nothing to do with the draft. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah and regress? I don't I I wouldn't say anywhere's regressed because there's been additions here and there. So I wouldn't say anything's actually regressed because other than maybe the offensive line because that's where the significant loss has been with regards to Shaq Mason. So it's whether or not the swap of Mason for Cole Strange is okay if it works. And if that's the case, then there's, I don't really see it as a regression as such. So, Sorry, a bit of an, an ambiguous answer there, really. I don't no. know if I see any serious regression. Okay,
0: that's fair. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts?
5: Uh, I agree. In terms of the draft, improved wide receiver, running back, that's been said. Another position that they slightly, I think, imp- improved is quarterback, getting Bailey Zappi. Uh, he'll be a decent backup. So, he has potential to actually maybe be a, a great player in the future and another and draft pick like Garoppolo proved to be. In terms of overall, though, you know, we're talking about one year to the next with free agencies, yeah, wide receiver is, is definitely one. And, and also from the previous draft, you know, the wide receiver spot might have just improved with Trey Nixon. We saw some great uh, connections uh, at the end of, of uh, the minicamps, and, and that looked positive. Uh, I was happy when they drafted Trey Nixon, because I thought that speed could be of use, but uh, maybe he's a potential slot player that, that could work, and it, it has to do with injuries. I mean, they, people say, well, how, there's no room for him. We have too many receivers, but the reason he got on the field just in this uh, short um, minicamp was because there were some injuries. I don't know if it was born or if it was uh, maybe Aglar, but but he was there taking some reps because they needed players, and and that's going to happen. You're going to get injuries, so that's how he's going to make the team if someone else is is uh, either traded or injured or something right. that effect.
0: Okay, what do you think, Todd? What, where did they regress did you know we'll take that one first this time what, what do you think they regressed anywhere Claire actually was was you know, she's honest I mean about it and I actually kind of agree with it I have yet to really regress anywhere because they they added everywhere they needed to add we just don't know what kind of talent they added
4: two places that I can see some uh, differences in safety because McCourty last year had so much trouble tackling he didn't seem to be able to engage and McCarty's problem has always been his lateral movement, straight line speed, forget it. He's got you. He'll cover you, but he's never worked well side to side. He's always had, he's always had somebody as a partner to him. that has been able to take that away from him. So he he always covers the routes to go deep. If you watch, you know, he's going North and South. He doesn't do side to side. And I'm worried. He's another year older. He's another year older. He, yeah, he missed some really big tackles last year where he should have been doing some a little bit better. And, his coverage was not it was good but it wasn't great yeah so i think safety is a concern and then the other problem that i kind of you know it's a total wait and see is the is our dbs we have no idea we I, that's why i said earlier i don't know if we went backwards forwards i just think we went sideways like in a different direction with that and the same thing with our linebackers i think again because they're going to be young they're going to be a little bit faster they're to try to adapt to the way, spe- specifically our division has changed. So you got to be, you know, you got to just take the good with the bad. And where we've improved, I think receiver, you know, bringing up what was going on with Nick's and what's been going on with them. And if everybody stays healthy and if Mac Jones stays healthy, I think you're going to see a really good passing game. And if that can, you know, if we can get the complementary run game, and I think last year we ran to pass. I think this year we can pass to run. And with the running backs that we have, if we can do that, this team could be over 500. Has to be over 500.
0: Has to be. Has to be. They, can't, they don't need to take that kind of a step back. What, what else you got there, Sean?
5: Well, I'm not as concerned as you are, Todd, in terms of the safeties because I think they have three other starting safeties in case – uh, McCordy is done. You you brought in Triple Peppers. Um, he's not healthy, but when he gets healthy, he can add a lot. And uh, Duggar's been amazing. I think he's going to even improve uh, again this year. And then Phillips was uh, one of the best players he had on your defense. So, in terms of safety, that's not as much of a concern or uh, uh, an area. I think that will regress. It's more of the corners that sure. I'm concerned about.
0: Yeah, I would tell you guys in all honesty. Where I, I you know, if you if you're going to you know cut and dry it is, as best as you can. Uh, I'd say receiver is where they demonstrably improved, or at least just based on the talent level that they brought in and what we know of that talent. But I have to agree with Claire. Uh, I don't think they've regressed anywhere yet. We may see regression somewhere once these guys start hitting pads uh, in another month, but, uh, you know, six weeks, whatever it ends up becoming. But uh, Mm -hmm. regression is tough to to say because you have to have something to show for it on the field. I don't think they've regressed. I think they've stayed where they were, and you might not like where they stay, but I don't think they've taken a step backward. You know, All right, so that kind of leads me to the next question I have for you guys. Um, Who's an impact rookie? make a prediction and who's a surprise cut from this roster as we anticipate the summer impact rookie surprise
4: cut Damian Harris cut and Ooh. strong is your surprise really tough he's got, he's got nice hands okay you watched a little bit of the, what he was doing he was catching the ball and he's got he's got some size to him Okay. I I actually think that Damian Harris might be out the door a year earlier than everybody expects because I think that everybody thinks he's gone next year.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: If they keep improving these young running backs, I think he might be gone this year, and I think that could help us because he's a lot more tradable than our previous running back that we let go to the Rams.
0: Yeah, we didn't see we didn't really in the OTAs we didn't see anything of Kevin Harris, and and I know a lot of people. Think that Pierre Strong might end up becoming the de facto James White replacement uh, if if White is you know still uh, on the injury shelf before he gets going. So uh, I mean I, I would probably say so impact rookie. I'm going with P, I'm going with Pierre Strong. That's me. Uh, just because I think he's going to end up uh, potentially uh, getting more time than we think he could get, uh, but I would say a very close second in that regard is Jack Jones, based on the early reports, you know, out of the secondary and what guys at uh, the media guys at uh, practices were saying through OTAs. As far as a surprise cut, I have to go. I'm sorry, I hate to do this, and I hope I'm dead ass wrong, James White. And it, I wow. ju- ju- just 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 that, because I think physically he I, I I I have my doubts coming back from that hip injury. Don't know if he's going to be able. How, to, yeah. So
5: that's how it'll work out for Pierre Strong for sure. If James White is is uh, is cut, but one, I I one hand like
0: one one hand washes the other. Todd uh, Sean, sorry, <laughs> but that's that's kind of my way of thinking. Yes.
5: Yeah. No. no John, and I, I,
2: I'm sorry, Sean. Go ahead.
5: No, I, I could see that. That makes sense. with with. Uh, but I, the way the Patriots usually do things, their third down backs, they, they have to show that they're able to stay in there and block and do everything well. So I see Pierre Strong as being part of the future, the next James White, but I still see James White being here for 2022. I hope he and is. In terms, I hope he is. I agree. I agree more with Jack Jones. I think they're going to need him more. They're going to need someone in the sec- at, at corner anyways to, to play well, and uh, Marcus Jones is, is more inside, and Jack Jones has shown something, so we're going to see what he can do in, in, with um, pads on. And also, strange, I agree, he's going to play every game at guard. That's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's so much a surprise, though. In terms of cut, I don't know if this will be a surprise. Would Ty Montgomery be a surprise if he's cut?
0: Uh Nah. Probably not. I mean, in all honesty, okay. probably not. But, I mean, I, I understand. Still, I, 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 you're money. fishing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Eldred, what do you think? Surprise uh, cut and an impact rookie.
1: Well, I'm going to have to stick with my receiver. I'm going to try Thornton. Okay. Because, like I said, you're stuck around, you suck around. You've got to push somebody and be pushing somebody of the top four. Yep. So you got to push somebody. Yep. So I'm going to go with him. Surprise cut. Won't be surprised to me is McCordy.
0: Okay, you know, honestly, yeah, I I, I kind of like your picks, and again, I love Devin McCourty. Devin McCourty to me is is kind of he's right there with you know Vince Wilfork and and some of the other you know uh, Teddy Bruschi. He's a Mr. Patriot, right? He's an all time right, favorite, yeah. And he has given his all. He's given everything. He's been you know he's been Pro Bowl caliber. He's done everything that this organization and this franchise has asked of him, and I think we all know he's getting to the end. You know, but I just question whether or not, and it wouldn't. I don't guess it would shock me if he were a cut. But I think you know, when you're dealing with a position of, uh, of let's just say, a relative unstrength, um, that would at least surprise me, based on his experience level and the fact that he can be a coach on the field. Yes, That's no. Why
1: I say a surprise. <laughs> okay, but but you know what. Uh I I just saw some on the Patriots uh, transaction. Yeah. Okay. They they signed Daryl Williams from the Chiefs, the yes. center.
0: Yes. Yes. They Could did I that yesterday. Yes. Surprise cut. Yeah. Who's your so Who's your surprise cut?
1: Could I send a be a surprise cut? They got Darryl, uh Williams.
0: I don't know if he'd be a surprise cut because nobody knows who he is other than the fact that he's you know signed off the Kansas City practice squad and he you know he's played a bunch of games for him over the last couple of years.
1: But he started and he got hurt, and right. And the other guys stepped in and they stayed with
0: him, right. But he was a starter. Well, he's he's strictly—I mean—he's strictly a depth issue. You know, we were talking about depth a little bit earlier, and and, and you got to have quality depth. Well, bingo, here you go. That's why they signed Williams yesterday, because they feel like they need not only the depth but continue to play up the versatility on the offensive line. Yeah. So I
1: was just wondering because I thought I—I meant to ask you that earlier, but uh, I'm like, hmm, I like that center.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, David Andrews, right. David Andrews is has Andrew's right. he's he's overachieved. He's absolutely overachieved. I, and, and you can't ask for more of a professional athlete than you know, overachieving. Because usually there's a level of expectation that's way so high it, it's hard for a professional to get to that level. But he's overachieved. He's done that and then some. Patty, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What about an right. impact rookie and a surprise cut?
2: Well, I'm gonna throw a curveball to everybody here. Um, I think Bailey Zappi and and Mac Jones is going to be the surprise. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. Hey, Patty, think, what are you um, what are you
0: what are you smoking? For, and can we have some? Have.
2: Uh, definitely. <laughs> well, maybe later. Um, I, obviously, Cole Strange. But if I had to pick a second guy, I'd say Jack Jones is going to be probably be like maybe on paper, um, somebody that you can quantify to be like a quote unquote impact rookie. And that would lead me to think that the surprise cut, seeing how they're not paying him a lot of guaranteed money coming into the season would be Malcolm Butler.
0: Ooh, okay. I, yeah, hey.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got to admit, there you go. That,
0: that would be a little bit of a surprise since they brought him in, you know, you know and, and he basically talked his way back into it, you know, to get onto the team and play football again coming from his year off. And, yeah, I kind of like that. That's a, that's a pretty good choice. That's a pretty good choice. All right, who, who did I not get on that one? Did, I, did everybody have a chance to answer that one? I lost track. Such a great job as show host today, right? Claire, did you, did you have a chance? You didn't. Okay, go.
3: I don't think my surprise cut is much of a surprise, though, and I don't want it to happen, but there's a good chance with cap space that they move on from win just because they need the money. I don't think they should do it. I hope they don't do it, and I don't really think it's much of a surprise because there's been a lot of talk about it. Right. Because they need to make that cap space, and that's one significant way of making some cap space.
0: Right. What did you think of the uh, uh, the flip flop from right to left, from uh, left to right side with him and Trent Brown?
3: See, I like Trent Brown on the on the left side. I think Trent Brown being that kind of yeah protector for the quarterback. I'm loving that because yeah, Mac Jones is my quarterback, so I want him protected. Yeah. And y- you know, you can't get much bigger than Trent Brown in fairness. So. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. All right, so if you like, uh, you know, if, if you uh, you know, you think wins the surprise cut, do you have a rookie fave for a uh, uh, for an impact?
3: Well, as I was listening to everybody talking, I was kind of very back and forth on this because I don't really see the running back making an impact. I can see why the whole Damian Harris cut thing. You know, they always do the running backs a year early and stuff like that. I think the most significant impact we're probably going to see on the game as a whole, I think, is Jack Jones, um, as a couple of people mentioned, because he's got the speed. And I think it's going to be less. I think it's going to be a lot on special teams, um, you know, like punt return and stuff like that. I think he's going to be utilised quite a lot on that. And I'm really hoping that it's going to be, you know, a significant positive but Cole Strange, like you said, bit of plug-and-play, so maybe that's not sort of a surprise. I don't think he's going to play um, every, you know, every snap, every down sort of thing. I, I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling with the O-line still, the way that we went into the season last year. But I think more than likely, if you're going to have a rookie with some impact, I think it's going to be Jack Jones, predominantly because of his speed.
0: Yeah, speed. Speed is, is certainly a decided factor there. Sean, what else you
5: got? Well – in terms of the offensive line the what's been talked about a lot with Trent brown at left tackle i think it has more to do with balance and being diverse than it does necessarily with trading win because uh you look at at the guards and strange is just over 300 pounds where when you is around 350 so if you're if you have Trent Brown and a on the same side, then you have this huge right side, and then you're small on the left, so you don't have the ability to necessarily defend against power coming from one side or the other. So if you if you have it balanced out, then you, you can um, use either the guard or the tackle to um, to block that that potential power coming through, and also it. Doesn't, doesn't telegraph where you're going to run from as much because you don't know if you're going to have the power on the left or the right side. So it uh, it just makes it less less predictable, and I think that might be one of the ideas that they're they're going with with trying to 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 go that way.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, the, ne- the next question, guys, here isn't really a question. It's more of a complete the sentence, but it's sort of a question because it's going to cause you to have to stop and think for just a sec anyway. But I think you guys are equal to the task here. Um, outside of quarterback, the most important position on the field is what? Outside of quarterback, the most important position on the field is what? Claire's already giggling. Because we know what she's going to answer. Yeah, we know what she's going to answer. I think that's that's you know, but you can still answer it, Claire. You want to answer it?
3: No, I want to say Titan, but it's not really true, is it? For me, it's (laughs) like the whole of the offensive line. Really, is it's the it's the Mac protection that I think is so key. Okay, because of the the sort of swapping changes they had at the beginning of last season, I just want a really solid O line. I don't want Mac Jones to. End up with the same kind of sore butt that Joe uh, Joe Burrows ended up with. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And and plus, to what we were talking about just a couple of moments ago about the flip flop of Trent Brown and, and, and Isaiah Wynn, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you want to have the, the six foot, you know, 11, 475 pound behemoth, you know, behind you, guarding your blind side if you possibly can. It certainly stands to reason that, you know, uh, that makes a little bit more sense. So, offensive line, I, I think sets an attitude uh, about the entire team. So, you know, uh, honestly, it, you know, running back, you could say, you can make another case for, you know, receiver. You can make a case for, uh, you know, linebacker, you know, the playmaking abil- you know, capabilities and positions. But offensive line, if you've got a team that can protect well and smash somebody else in the mouth, you have a winning team. You have a winning team. I like your answer, Claire. All right, uh, Sean, what do you got? <laughs>
5: What I love about football is every play, it's all 11 players that make the play work. It's the ultimate team sport. Now, if your quarterback is undoubtedly your most important player on offense, well, then the quarterback on the defense is your most important player on defense. Whoever's wearing that green dot, be it linebacker, Bentley, or maybe Duggar, I don't know who's going to wear it. That's going to be your most important player cuz you got to get everybody in position. You have to communicate that effectively and make sure that you're all on the same page working together as a team and that's what makes you the best. Sure. So Sean,
0: what 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 uh, are you uh, sort of concurring then here in terms of the other than quarterback that the line is is the most important, you know, area uh, of the team or is there another choice in your mind?
5: Well, no. I mean, Offensive line is extremely important. I remember so many years with with so struggling in in uh, the, after the Super Bowl in '97 that it was like, oh well, he doesn't have the offensive line. He's getting sacked all the time, and you know you can't run the ball. You don't have the offensive line to to protect. But I think every single position is extremely important. So to me, the most important position other than quarterback is quarterback of the defense is your linebacker with the green dot. That's who the most important player is on defense. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's you know uh, you can make a good strong case for that because of the play calls, uh, whoever it end up you know it may be. Um, yeah, I'll buy that, Patty. What do you think?
2: Just a quick question for Sean, um, John. I didn't know you'd been watching football that long. So, do you think Bruce Armstrong <laughs> belongs in the Hall of Fame? Because I definitely do. I mean,
5: one hundred percent.
2: Just go ask Bruce <laughs> Smith; he'll tell you. You know, he was a
5: great, great. Great life you, tackle. You, I, I you love for some
2: Best player. Well, him and Tippett were the best player on the, those really bad early ninety, late eighties, early ninety teams. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would have to say, uh, Claire stole my answer. I was going to say the O line, but since <laughs> quarterback's probably your most important position, um, the whole team. I would say uh, I'll go to the other side and and say that putting pressure on the opposing quarterback is just as important. So I'll say defensive line. As a whole, you know, just trying to get pressure on that on that opposing quarterback to force bad passes, you know. Okay, I know it's bland, but no,
0: that's who I am. no, not bland. It's
4: an honest answer. Todd, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna step outside the box and just say, uh, our coach, if Bill, if Bill can project himself out and get this team playing like they're supposed to play get them to believe in each other, which I think they lost at the end of last year. I think that's one of the reasons why they struggled so much. I think they stopped believing in each other. I don't care what, what, why, but the confusion and they say, well, some of the defensive players saying we didn't know who to listen to, whatever. they get that all straightened out and Bill can project what his will on the team and the team projects that on the field, they're going to be over 500. I don't know if it's possible with the rookies and the changes, but that's what I see. Okay. I think it's Bill. It's Bill's Bill's hitting Bill's idea on the field and getting it executed. That's what's important this year. Okay.
0: All right, Eldred. What are your thoughts? What What's What's the most important position other than quarterback?
1: <laughs> Outside receiver that, that you can count on. I going to still stick with that, <laughs> Mister Mister uh, Legend. <laughs> Somebody and ain't talking about no compound slot receivers. So I'm tying in slot receivers. So only they do how to do is uh, defense. Stop the middle and stop the slot. So get somebody else out to steal the hell out of them and then let them worry about it. That's the next best position, I think.
0: See, you know, what I love most about Eldred is that, you know, regardless of whether he's right or he's wrong, he's consistent. He's consistent. Is he not, guys? Yeah? Everybody's shaking their head. Okay. They love that. Oh, yeah. We love I'm that about sorry. you, Eldred. We love that about you. Okay?
1: Well, thank you. But, yeah. but I'm serious. You need somebody outside that could. Dex can scare the defense and make them back up a little bit. Then to get them guys on the slot, on the tight end, chance to run the slings and run the underneath. But if the only thing you guys underneath and seen, no, you covered. Mm-hmm. They told you that last year, and they've been telling us that for the last three or four years, even when Brady was there. But Brady was the master at it, so he got rid of them. Got, you know, he got them a lot. You don't have that this year or, or last year right. or the year before. Right. You know, So they know what to play. Stop the slot. Stop the inside. Let them hold for a little bit, then the defensive line get to the quarterback, and that's what <laughs> happened the last three years.
0: Right. Speaking so, of so, speaking of yeah. yeah, speaking of defensive line getting to the quarterback, I'm I'm going to add an extra one in here because this has been making the talk show rounds up here of late. But you guys have probably even are aware of it that uh, Indomicon Sue is still unsigned. And there seems to be some sentiment uh, uh, for the Patriots to potentially have some interest in a guy like him because he could be a potential run stopper if you can get him at the right price. Do you get a guy like that at the right price if he's willing to come on a on a short term deal?
1: I would, but he ain't coming. He ain't coming with that price.
0: No, I don't think so either. I don't think <laughs> he ain't so either. Come with that price? No, I, I don't think so either. I don't think they can get him at the right price. But I mean, if you could get him at the right price, I'd absolutely get him.
4: I take him. Yes, I take him in a heartbeat. Okay, Todd. I want well. toxicity in my locker room. Keep that guy as far away from my team as possible. He is not everywhere he's <laughs> hey, went. But, 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 he but, never, but he never had no problems in Tampa. Right, I and never he never heard them from Tampa. And didn't I've he never
0: win? Heard none, but he ain't Purdue. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't win last year too. I mean, I, it seems to me, you know, the the guys, you know, yeah. uh, he's used to championship locker rooms. He knows what it takes.
4: Yeah, well, there's That's a the bunch thing. of veterans there who can take care of him. What do we got? Who's going to keep them in line? And don't tell me, Bill. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would
2: tell you
0: guys like Matt, Matt Slater and Devin McCourty. Would, are, that's the two, those two guys right there, there's a big reason why they're still on this team, because of their veteran presence in the locker room. Yes, they can still play. But, you know, if it was just a play and they weren't vocal leaders in and off the field, I, I, I think either one or both would no longer be here.
1: But, but you never heard him, like I said, you never heard nothing bad about him for the last couple of years. he was camp Tampa. nothing except except he produced and he got a championship ring, and he produced the year before and did, and he produced last year. I think I think it was a number and age thing that got rid of him this year, and the money that's what I think well,
0: if he would again if you if you and again i'm just I'm playing what if here because this has been part of the conversation up here the last couple of days, but um you know. You're able to get him if he was able to agree to an incentivated contract and he's only, say, a, a two down guy, not a three down guy, but only a two down guy, you know, basically on running downs. You know, would you not take a shot at him if he were willing to play under those conditions, have a good year, then maybe try to set himself up for one more contract? Uh, you know, who the hell knows? Yes, I would. Yeah, I think I, I would too.
2: I think I would, I would too, John. Be. If you go, you remember back to 2003. Well, actually, back to 2002 when they couldn't. Stop anybody on the ground, right? And kind of look at how they how they ended the season last year, getting gashed by everybody, like every running back, not just you know Josh Allen in the passing games. The past, uh, the last two times we played They're them, but on the ground, I mean, they just they got chewed up like the the last four or five games of the season. And if it, it would be dependent on if they brought him into camp and if he looked like he had anything left in the tank and he could like stuff the middle. Like Ted Washington did a la two thousand three, I would definitely take a shot on him. Yeah, and, and uh, Todd, I think I think Bill would. The first sign of him uh, getting a little bit, you know, um, fickle, he would he'd be out the door.
0: Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with that. But I mean, the one thing that I've known about Sue, and I think we've all known about him. He, so he likes on people. Yeah, he makes plays. He makes plays, and he makes stops. And this defense had a horrid time at times last year getting off the field. And you need playmakers, and you lost your biggest playmaker in J.C. Jackson. And I realize it's you know he's a completely different position, but you still need guys who can impose their will on others to make plays, or at least try to to mix it up and stir it up to where others are allowed to make plays. And I think Sue is that kind of guy. So I mean, look, it's all about depth, and it's all about quality depth. And to me, he would be a huge piece to arriving at that 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 uh, that point. Now, I don't think he will end up taking a deal. I don't think he's going to play for, you know, pennies on the dollar. I don't believe he will. He's going to be looking for, you know, top money from somebody else, and that's probably where he ends up going. But, you know, hey, if they make an offer and, you know, and all of a sudden the Patriots announcing Dominic and Dominican Dominic is coming, I'm thinking, you know what? I think they just short up their defensive front, you know, basically uh threefold.
2: Hey John, I gotta drop out, but uh, I'll be on. I'll be on the show next next time and next month. I'll you know I'll call in.
0: Appreciate you, I'll, Patty.
2: I'll, I'll try not to uh, drop the call next time too.
0: <laughs> no worries, Bye. no Thanks. worries. Guys. You're all good. Thanks, Patty yeah. and Agawam. Right, Thank- no
2: take
1: it
5: either, Patty.
0: Yep. Thanks for taking. Time. Patty. Thanks for taking time. Uh, Sean, did no. you have a chance to answer
5: that one? Well. No. You know, right now, I don't see the Patriots even having enough money to sign Cole Strange. So they're they're really struggling with their their cap. So they're going to have to make a lot of changes to fit someone like Sue in there. And to me, he's not the future. Yeah, I think he could help in 2022 if you think you you got a chance at doing something. But I'd just rather see them develop players. Maybe they're going to go with a form. Man, uh, defensive line. and defensive line is, is one of my biggest concerns, and I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who's on the edge. Is is well, we, someone going to be able to contain that? But right. We we know they, that they like, they like they to
0: rotate. We know like the, the rotate a lot. So he would just be a piece of the puzzle. So again, you're talking about you know a rotational player who's only going to play a couple of downs, you know, if that, you know, and probably yeah. move up and down the line a little bit. And you know, is he willing to accept that role? And if he's not, then there won't be a deal. It's pretty simple.
3: Yeah. I think it's a moot. I don't think they've just. I just don't think they've got the money because we're looking at the cap space at the moment, and we've been talking about the possible getting rid of win because there's just not enough money there. I can't see. I. I just. It seems. It feels moot. If they could do it, yeah, great. Add you know, add a really sort of impactful piece on the defense could could be great, even if it is short term. But I just. It feels moot and moot discussion because it just doesn't feel like the money's really there and. If it is, they still need it for functioning costs because they haven't signed the whole of their draft class. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, I know Cole Strange has now signed his contract, but I understand that there's still a couple of guys that haven't. So you're just talking about money that's not in the pot, really. So it, it feels moot to me personally, but that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, it probably is. And you guys bring up the very important point of the whole salary cap issue, and they're going to have to restructure a couple of contracts somewhere to be able to finish signing Mm -hmm. everybody that they need to sign. Cole Strange a part of that, so, um, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, again, it's pie in the sky, but that's why we're here to discuss it, whether or not it would actually be worth our while, worth the team's while to actually reach out and do that. All right, gang, the the fifth and final big question of the day uh, here, and this so far has been an interesting discussion, to say the least, and I'm I'm really happy with the direction that a lot of this has gone because we've had some varied opinions, which is really good. We're not all on the same page here, and I think that's also good because it gives me a chance to think about different things as well as you and, and hopefully some of the listeners here but what is your favorite part of training camp what's your favorite part of training camp what do you like most about training camp because the next time we have a chance to chit chat with each other training camp is going to be underway here in new england
4: passing drills sorry both of you go todd what'd you, what, was your, what was your answer passing drills i want to see them i want to see them pass i would love I'm gonna steal some of Claire's thunder. I would love to see the tight ends make progress. If they make progress in this camp, if it's just not Henry up there, if we can get one more tight end, I don't care who it is. Oh dear lord, we'll be we'll be set.
0: I, I'm I'm gonna throw in a little uh, 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 addendum here and tell you that you know as far as a potential comeback player of the year, I'm all in on Johnu Smith. I'm all in on Johnu Smith. I think he was burned a little bit by last year. I think he was embarrassed a little bit by last year. And I think uh, the Patriots are going to try to get him involved a little bit more and give him a chance to show off some of his talent and his ability. And I think we'll finally see this year some of the one-two punch at tight end that Patriots fans thought they were going to have last year. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Bracing some tight end digits coming.
5: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the combined training camp games, uh, or not even necessarily the games, but just being in camp with other teams so they can see some real hitting and see some real pad work and, and how things are going to go under real competition. So I want to see how that works uh, in Carolina and, and how that works. Um, is, it, uh, is it the... Is it Raiders? Right. Yeah. In yeah, Yeah, the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Vegas. so that's 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 what I wanna I wanna see. Also, you know, in terms of progress, there's three. Players last year that were signed as free agents that underperformed. And I like to see them all have some progress because we can definitely use a a big jump from Godshaw to see him actually stuff the run and and be someone that we can count on. And and Aguilar making some plays, and uh, as you know, as well as John Smith, maybe they can use him in it. Uh, a way that he's going to be able to have more success. They can figure out how they can get Jono involved in what he's good at and not necessarily try and make him into another um, Henry.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: What else, what I are, think
3: just getting yeah. answers. That's what I'm looking forward to.
5: Okay. It's just
3: knowing something, knowing a bit more than what we do now. Because there's so much unknown with the additions, with the draft picks, with the kind of second year jumps, as they call it, and this, that, and the other. The health of some of the players, because some, you know, some guys aren't necessarily going to come back straight away. Is anybody going to be on PUP? That kind of thing. It's the fact that once we get to training camp, once we go through some of training camp, we will have some better answers for some of those questions. Granted, not all because we need to see them in games. And I fully appreciate that. But I just think we'll just have that significant amount of information that we seem to be so thirsty for at the moment.
0: Eldrin, what's your favorite part of training camp?
1: Uh, eleven on eleven, they hit. hitting.
0: Hitting, yeah. yeah. That's
1: what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, eleven on eleven. They hit. See what receiver can break away from some one corner. What defensive line is crashing through, putting pressure on Matt, and you know, or stopping the run. I, I want to see the hitting in the eleven on eleven.
0: You know, Todd mentioned that he really likes the passing drills, and I think there's really something cool about watching seven on seven because you got the receivers going against the DBs. But when you go 11 on 11 full pads, when you hear the popping, when you hear the grunting, when you hear the impact, when you hear the helmets knocking, when you hear the screaming, when you hear the you know the the, the exultation of the players, when you hear the cursing, all of it to me that <laughs> that that yeah. that, are, that signals that football has arrived. That's what I like. Now, exactly, I, that's I, what I like too. I missed I a two days. I know players don't miss two days, but as a member of the media who's covered the NFL for better than forty years, I missed two a days because you really learned pretty quickly who, who, the, who the men were and who the prima donnas were. And, um, exactly. You, and you know, pretenders. <laughs> yes. Yes. Contenders, pretenders. You separated the wheat from the chaff. I mean, we'll throw all the adages you know, in there, uh, all the analogies in there. That, that's what two-a-days did. And obviously, two-a-days are no longer a part of it uh, because it was outlawed, basically, by the players' union. But at the same time, um, that's why you see coaching staffs do what they do. And, you know, and unbeknownst, and, and we can't see most of it, you know, the Pedros have that. Infamous hill that's tucked in behind the practice fields. And so when they go off and run the hill and guys are, you know, up chucking and all that kind of stuff, they do that basically out of view from the thousands of fans that come to Gillette to see them practice and also out of the, the view of the media. So we don't know who's in shape and who's not in shape. We assume that if they're there for the first practice, they're in shape because they have to do a conditioning run and they have to pass it and they have to get there in a certain amount of time. And frankly, if someone is not in condition when they get started at the year it should be an automatic cut because this is a year-round sport now this is not 1962 Mm -hmm. you know when art donovan is you know uh working as a mailman or something you know in the off season and he's coming out into the practice field carrying his shoulder pads in one hand and a six pack of cigs in the others (laughs) because that used to happen you know, guys used to do that. We used and to see cigarette. People. Yes, that's what I mean. So, you know, it, those days are long gone. That football is not a part-time job. So, if you can't pass the conditioning run, then you haven't taken care of yourself for the last couple of months. Especially now, when you have the OTAs and the mandatory mini camp, which we just went through as well. Every team has that now, and they do that to keep track of you. They do that so they can, you know, not spy on you, but that you make sure that you're still adhering to whatever program they have in place for you, so you can continue to improve on the things that they want you to improve upon. You know, Trent Brown even mentioned, you know, I'd hate to bring him up, but he mentioned that you know he's got you know weight clauses in his contract, uh, and he's currently you know where he needs to be. Now, if he didn't have that weight clause in his contract, didn't have financial incentive, or didn't have year-round training. Do you think he'd be there? Does he seem like the type nope. of personality where he would be there, where he needs to be? And I say this with all love and respect, but no, I don't think he would be. But that's the the, the full round, full year round training for these guys is is really I like to see in training camp the culmination of this training camp. I like to see who isn't sucking wind. I like to see who's not bed over, you know, grabbing their, you know, their knees and tugging on their shorts and pulling at their jersey. I like to see who's already in shape because that tells me something about them as a player and as an individual. That's a guy that I want on my team. That's a guy that I feel like will bust his tail to get a spot on that roster. That's somebody with hunger. Exactly. That's somebody with desire. So I like 11-on-11, pads popping like Eldred, but I I like to see the guys who are you know sucking wind and not sucking wind because that tells me something early. Hey, we got ourselves a warrior here. We got ourselves a playa. Here's a guy that's trying to live up to his contract, you know, and everybody's got a contract level, and, you know, some are paid more than others, and some probably feel like they're unpaid or not paid enough or whatever it may be, and I get all of that based on position and performance in the past and all that, but to me, I've never been a, a you know, I did this before. It's always been what have you done for me lately? You're only as good you're only as good as your next game. You're only as good as your next practice.
5: In terms of sucking wind, the Patriots training camp is tougher than any other team. You listen to someone like Taylor Heineke talk about his short period of time with the Patriots in comparison to the commanders and other teams he's been with. And it, it was like no comparison. The Patriots put you through hell. They they really make you run those hills and, and do everything in terms of, of getting in shape. Sure. So that's that's my one thing that you know has the the advantage for New
0: England. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I to me, I mean, that's I think that's something that the Bills been very consistent with over his twenty one years. You know, so you know now that you're 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 crawling into this for actually twenty two years now, so we're getting ready to go into twenty three because uh, he started in two thousand. So here, you know, we, we, he's been very uh, predictable. Uh, he's been very consistent. Um, I don't think he's lightened up. Um, at all, when it comes to you know making sure you know he's got demands of his players and guys, this kind of leads me to the final question of the day and a little bit of a bonus question here because it has been talked about on and off uh, since the end of last season. But I think it's a good bridge into 2022. How much more time does BB have?
4: I say three years.
0: So three
4: years is enough to pass Don Shula. Oh, I think I think two years might be enough to pass John Shula. You never know. What does he need seventeen games or fourteen games somewhere in there?
0: I have to add it up. I don't have it in front of me. I, I think he needs I think he needs seventeen wins. Yeah. Wins, two, yes.
4: Two years, two years you got a seventeen game season. Who knows? You never know how and three years for sure he should be able to make that, but I don't know I honestly don't know if I know he's driven. I know he's like Brady and he's driven, like big time driven. Don't think Shula's record is as much of an importance for to him for his legacy okay. as leaving the team we're, in a position yeah, to go forward.
0: We're woefully winning. Todd, we're woefully short on that. We just looked up the number. He needs thirty six more victories.
4: Uh, well then I don't know if you'll even get it again. That, that would, oh that, wait,
0: hold on. All right, so that was before last year started. So now I'm I'm adding it up and 20, Matt sent me the number. 26. So you gotta add ten, so there's twenty six now. <laughs> twenty six more wins to pass Don Shule. Twenty six. Mm-hmm. Can he do that in three years? Yeah. Should be able to, right? Nine wins a year gets you to twenty seven, right? But then but is nine years a win and going nine and eight for three straight years, is that the way Bill Belichick wants to go out?
1: No.
3: See, this is it.
0: No. I don't think so either. No. I don't think so either. Eldred, what do you think? How much more time does was does does Coach Bill have? I know you, you want I GM think- you want GM Bill out today.
1: <laughs> yeah, want, he so does. I want him out, <laughs> out last year, year before that too. I know. But uh coach Bill, I say it'll take him. About three years to beat Schuller. Yeah, I'm um, just going four years to. Uh, I think he won't go out on top with one Super Bowl. So I give him four.
0: You You'll give him four. The man is turning yeah. seventy. All right. So, you know, I, you, can he go to? Can he go to that age? Does he want to go to that age, Claire? What do you think?
1: Well, well, he said he wanted. Well, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's right. Go ahead.
3: No, go, ahead. go Eldridge. Go, go, finish.
1: He said he, he didn't want to be like a uh, Leedy, Levy and coach to be seventy, but he's doing it. So he's, like you said, like, what you call said he's driven. So that's why I said 74, he probably set it down then, you know. And at least try to get one more Super Bowl win, at least in, in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. But I think he won't go out with at least one more, one more ring. Well, it, You're it, like Brady.
0: I agree with you on that one. I think if he was able to win a title, uh, then, yeah, I think it would be a perfect opportunity. But I, te- I would also tell you that because of, you know, his competitive desire and to continue to do what he's done – At age seventy, I I think he wants that record. I I think he, you know, and I especially think the way that he felt probably, and and again, I can't, I'm not speaking for him, but you know, I, I would have felt disrespected by how Don Shula treated him through, you know, some of the, you know, controversies of the last, you know, decade plus that the Patriots have gone through, and of course, the the game has changed exponentially since Don Shula was a part of it. So I don't think Coach Shula, with all due respect. You know, uh, rest in peace, whatever you want to say. Well, Coach Shula, with all due respect, understood how the game needed to be played. Does that mean that, you know, Bill cheated? No. What it means is is that you push the envelope to put your, your team and your franchise in the, in the best position possible to have success. And I think that's all that Bill has done. And, you know, and obviously he, you know, uh, got his hand caught in the cookie jar a couple of times, you know, where you could construe that, you know, there was some ill-gotten gain and he got punished for it and he hasn't repeated it. But I think, you know, Bill also uh, would like to go out. And if you're that close, you know, why not? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? Why not go ahead and go for the whole enchilada, you know, as far as the history book is concerned? And if you're 26 wins shy. You could, with a couple of great years, get it done in two years. You could.
1: Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could in two years. But I think it'll take them three until that roster is going to have to flip over one more time. Yep, That's what I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? But that also sets us up for this next off season, which everybody seems to think with the increased salary cap and money coming off the books in New England, that the Patriots will be in a position to, to do at least what they did last year, if not more so. And so it's a chance now to perhaps, you know, reinvigorate the roster a final time before Bill decides to step down and, you know, personally I have to admit that's kind of exciting. That's why I'd love to see them win a game and then not tear the whole ship apart, but keep the pieces that they need and go out and put the rest of them on steroids so to speak. Not literally. Well, figuratively.
5: I don't know what else that Bill Belichick will do. I can't picture him doing anything but coaching other than, you know, being in his boat in Nantucket. And that's what I think will happen is he's going to do this as long as he feels he can do it to uh, the best ability. Because if I'm going to just sort of trans into my best Bella Belichidonis, it would be like, <laughs> I'm going to do what's best for the team. That's what it's about. You know, He, it's, it's, this is the team that, that he's built, this is a dynasty, and we're just going to keep growing until, you know, I can't do it anymore. So I have my sons here. When Steve is ready to take over, I know he's ready, Then maybe it's time for me to actually well, really retire. I'm not going to be doing television or any of that crap. I'm going to yeah. be in the boat.
0: Sean, you just brought up a real important point, because that's a sticking uh, part for a lot of people here in New England. They... they semi-resent the fact that Bill seems to be force-feeding his two sons. How do you guys feel about that?
5: I, I look at a long history of of coaches um, and their sons taking it, uh, you know, stepping into their footsteps, and I, I don't think it's it's much different than you know the Shanahans or or, or the Shueles or, or any other father or sons uh, type of, of of thing. I right. think right. His sons are capable, and and they wouldn't be there if if they weren't. Right. If they couldn't do the job, they wouldn't be there.
0: I, I think that's a great analogy, by the way, especially where Shanahan is concerned. Claire, what do you think?
3: doesn't it feel like just an it's it's almost like a natural progression though because with him being such a significant success they have been around that for so much of their lives and they've obviously trained to become that you know they've they've moved up in the ranks to be that it just seems like it's natural they've been taught it since they were really small kind of thing so it feels right it's like wouldn't isn't that the sort of person that you kind of want in a job somebody that's got all the experience that's been around it that knows the kind of the whys and the wherefores and stuff like that grew up with it being like a natural thing a natural surrounding for them wouldn't that make kind of the ideal sort of coaches regardless of if it's like oh yeah because he's his son is he getting preferential treatment you look at Bill Belichick and you sort of say that you there probably is the opposite I can imagine it being completely the opposite and he gives them way more harder time because they're his sons, you know, rather than handling them with kid gloves or whatever. So to me, it feels like what's wrong with them being the coaches. They would have more experience than a lot of individuals that have sort of entered coaching later on in their lifetime. These guys have probably been around it since they were, you know, knee high to a grasshopper and all this kind of thing before they could even walk, they could probably play football. So Mm -hmm. who would, who could you say that would be better to be football coaches than, than guys that have grown up, people that have grown up, girls as well that have grown up with how, it since they were small.
0: How, how did Bill become a coach? Because he followed his dad at the Naval Academy, right? That's how right. Bill Belichick became who he is. So and he's what, awesome. Not, so yeah, you know, <laughs> right, right. So I mean, wh- I mean, why, why wouldn't you know his sons want to be involved? And and they are. His daughter coaches with lacrosse. Yes. His daughter's a very successful lacrosse coach, too. So all I'm saying is that, you know, that's in the family gene. So if anything, I would think you'd want to try to tap into that a little bit in a a, a sense to, you know, mine talent. Get some coaching talent. Does that mean that his kids are going to be, you know, the second coming of Bill Belichick? No. Because Vince Lombardi's kids weren't like that. Okay? But can Mm -hmm. they be good coaches? Can they contribute? You know, can they help, you know, identify talent and, and improve talent? Sure, they might be able to based on the things that they've learned. Why not? If it makes the franchise better, makes the team better, then sure, you absolutely should get that. So I've never had that as an issue, but I, I find it really odd that so many people seem to and they're, you know, they're they're vehemently really, you know, like, oh, you know Coach, he's only there because, you know, he's bringing his kids along and that's nepotism and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you, know, you have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. You really have of no idea. Treatment,
3: isn't yeah, it? yeah. It's the concern that they're only there because he's there, but I, they have to work to be there. He's not going to hand it out. He's not going to hand out the future of like the franchise, his dynasty, his history. Yep. He's not just going to hand it to his kids just for the sake of it because they're his kids. If it's going to kind of sort of destroy, because it's part of his legacy, and you know what, mm. what better would it be than to? be able to nurture this legacy and pass it along to who is your legacy your Mm -hmm. children so yeah i can see why people are so bothered by it you know they've got a bug up their butt in regards to oh well they're just there because they're histons but to me it seems like they might be the perfect people to be there kind of thing why are you laughing at me i'm being laughed at now
0: because i love how you said bug up your butt (laughs) (laughs) Go
5: ahead. I, Go ahead, I'm Sean. <laughs> I'm currently reading uh The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict and the theme in that book just rings true in everything we're saying yes. right now. Yeah, right. It's it's the perfect storm of having the greatest owner in the history of sports, the greatest coach and the greatest player. You know, with Brady, Belichick and Kraft yeah. come together and throughout the book they keep coming back to incidents and and Different examples of how they put their team, the Patriots, and how they put the NFL first. There could have been so many points where you made it about yourself, but that's not what it is. It's always about the team. It's always about making things better for the NFL and for the team, and and that's exactly what they all have done. So I see Belichick staying until he sees it's not beneficial for the team anymore
0: yeah and i think he there's something too he does want to pass the torch along, not only to the franchise but to his sons to give them the same advantages he felt he got from his father and you know uh, as parents those of us who are parents we all want to do that for our kids as best as we can so i, I don't have any issue i happen to agree with the three-year time frame I, I I think he'll be here uh, until he passes Don Shula. I think it'll be until he passes Don Shula, whether he wins another Super Bowl or not. But I think the Super winning a Super Bowl would certainly be gravy. But if he if, if he somehow won a Super Bowl in the next year or two, and he doesn't pass Shula, he ain't
2: quitting.
3: I disagree. I think it's the the Super Bowl thing. I reckon if, if he does manage to win the Super Bowl. In the near, in the next couple of years before he passes that Schuler record, now I think that might be a point where he just he's okay. like, yeah, I want to go out on a high.
0: You might the, be the right. Team is in you, a good
3: place because you, they're winning. You might be right, but you know, everything, everything, everything that I've
0: seen and noticed about Bill Belichick for 22 years tells me the type of competitor he is, and because he is such a premier competitor, uh, I, you know, I think he. He definitely strives. What helps drive him is, you know, uh, being the all-time winningest coach. I mean, you so know, what do you? You have to have a huge ego to be in this game to begin with. I don't think his ego necessarily drives him, but it certainly is a major part of who he is. And I don't think we should deny that. I don't necessarily think that's even a bad
4: thing. Right. That's so What you, do you think is most important to him, then, John? Is it leaving the team to be successful after he's gone? Yes. That. In the
2: Super Bowl? No. Or leaving the, the team? Record
4: leaving that's a legacy what that's leaving what I
0: think. leaving the yeah. legacy and leaving the team in good shape and if that means that you know the franchise is built you know they're 10 12 13 wins a season you know they've got you know decent contracts in place for a couple of years to make the team competitive for two or three years after he leaves that's primary uh, spot number 1 for Bill Belichick that's what I think drives him and 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 I think by the time that happens he will probably get by Don Shula Sean, what do you got? Claire,
5: Good show. Claire I, but, uh, Claire, but, uh, Claire, I have a question. If it's Super Bowls that might be the driving force behind Belichick stain, well, wouldn't it, it perhaps be two more Super Bowls so the team would have one more than Tom Brady himself? Yep, yep. Yeah, I think you want... I
3: wa- can see that. It depends how yep. soon... Sorry, sorry, yeah. John. It depends how soon that they... And how kind of quick succession... If it takes a couple of years for that first one, then I think he's looking at it kind of looking at, you know, time as a factor and thinking can I manage to do this again? He'd definitely you know, like to I have too much
0: I think he'd definitely like to have one just to show that he could do it without Tom.
3: I, yeah, completely agree. He's
0: not a dope. He listens. You know, he may not read all the newspapers or listen to any of the talk shows, and I wouldn't blame him, but he's not (laughs) an idiot. He knows. He knows what people are talking about. He knows how how his legacy would stand, and I definitely think that's on the agenda gang this has been a tremendous uh time i I could sit here and do this you guys for five or six hours and we could bore the tears you know bore the entire universe to tears probably in our conversation (laughs) but this has been uh this is so much fun i really look forward to doing this when we do it because i just like talking football with with people who are somewhat knowledgeable and you guys are more than somewhat knowledgeable you're very knowledgeable so i want to personally thank Todd in North Carolina, who just clicked off because his five-year-old's bugging him. Uh, Sean, obviously in Vancouver. Claire in the Thanks. UK. We had Patty in Agawam and Eldred. You're the best, my man. Don't ever change. I won't do that. Thanks a lot, Mr. Legend. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk Appreciate to you soon. It. You got it. And uh, you guys, thank you. Fun. Thank you everybody for uh, for participating and listening in and being a part of the show. And our next program will be the first day of training camp. July 27th, we will launch Patriots Playbook once again. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Adios. See
3: you, Jen. Bye-bye.
5: Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google
0: Play, and everywhere else you listen.